0: Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Glad you Love you. That, amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Amen. amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the first book of John, chapter one. Give honor to all the wonderful saints of God here this morning. And uh, there's definitely a lot of places we could all be, but no place greater than this. Hallelujah. Amen. Love that song that simply says, no place I'd rather be. Hallelujah. And um, as much as we praise God for this, the miracle that this building is, when we say that there's no place we'd rather be, what we are talking about is in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the presence of the Lord is here with us. 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9. Chapter one, verse number nine, one, one, nine. Everyone say amen when they're there. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all. Everyone say all. All unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And I want to preach to you this morning on this very simple subject, how high can you jump? How high can you jump? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your sweet presence that's in this house right now. Jesus, I'm asking you that you would touch us as we begin to preach. Lord, we've worshiped and now we're getting into the word. And I pray that your word would go forth with power, with anointing. I pray that as your word begins to go forth, there'd be liberty and healing in this house. Jesus, I'm asking you that your people would feel liberty in their minds and their spirits to press forward and to reach for your promises. In Jesus' name, and everyone shout amen. Shout Amen again. Amen. Now give God a great big hand, in praise. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Right off the bat, I'm going to let you know that I am going to be preaching about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a big deal. As odd as it may seem, carrying a grudge can literally weigh us down. Refusing to forgive has very real and physical effects. Researchers, researchers at Erasmus University asked people to write about a time in their lives when they either forgave or withheld forgiveness. They then asked the subjects to jump as high as they could five times without bending their knees. Those who wrote about a time when they had forgiven someone jumped 11 point inches on average. Those who wrote about a time when they withheld forgiveness jumped 8.5 inches on average. A huge difference and a startling reminder of how seriously affected humans are by un- forgiveness. I want to talk to you primarily today about a subject that's not always discussed in Christianity, at least not as a primary focus, and that is on the subject of forgiving yourself. There is no verse in the Bible that specifically says we must forgive ourselves. What the Bible does say is that humans need forgiveness. What the Bible does say is that being forgiven is a good thing. What the Bible does say is that condemnation is not of God. What the Bible does say is that God is full of mercy. You would think that as accident prone as all of us are, we'd, we cherish forgiving ourselves. But the opposite is actually true. I would argue with you that we actually fear forgiving ourselves. All of us have been tricked at one time or another into confusing forgiveness towards others or even ourselves as condoning wrong, lacking accountability, or being void of common sense. When in reality, forgiveness involves knowing that God forgives us when and if we turn from our sins and then towards Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? I can't emphasize the need to turn towards God enough. Acts 20 and 21 speaks of repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. When we repent, amen, we turn toward God, amen, and then we turn our faith towards Jesus Christ, knowing that he can forgive us of any wrong we've ever done. Hallelujah. A lot of people, amen, repent towards all kinds of different things and turn towards all kinds of different things. Some people are not sorry till they end up in court. Some kids are not sorry until they end up in the principal's office. Some people are not sorry until they end up in jail and then they will exercise repentance towards the law, towards authority, and then they will exercise faith towards their lawyers, towards their parents, to all kinds of stuff. But let me tell you where the real answer is. It's repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't wait until you get caught. Don't wait until you get busted. Don't wait till you end up in jail. Don't you can turn today towards Jesus Christ. You can turn today towards God. God wants to forgive you. God loves to forgive you. God wants you to get up. God doesn't want you to live with shame. God doesn't want you to live with guilt. God doesn't, I'm preaching to somebody right now, hallelujah. I see way too many people walking around the church with their head hanging low. I see way too many people in church, amen, with things on their, on their heart and on their soul that they don't forgive, that they don't forgive they don't think God can handle it brother I'm telling you right now you've not committed a sin that God's never heard or seen of somebody else committing and I got news for you right now there's somebody running the aisles amen having done what you did but believe in God and putting their faith in Jesus Christ and exercising repentance towards the Lord hallelujah Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's something about putting it in God's hands that'll let you run the aisles. There's something about putting it in God's hands, hallelujah, that'll help you jump a little higher. There's something about confessing your sins to Jesus Christ that'll make your burden a lot lighter. There's something about exercising repentance towards God. One of the critical steps in moving forward is to establish whose opinion really matters. A lot of people never forgive themselves or anybody else for that matter because everyone's opinion matters to them. And then, you know, if you are ever gonna really, really have a genuine forgiveness experience, it's gonna mean that you are going to figure out whose opinion matters and then in what order. Not all opinions are created equal, and therefore, not all opinions matter. And the ones that do matter, matter in a very specific order. I wanna talk to you about the three opinions that matter, and I'm gonna give them to you in their proper order. First, God's opinion matters. Well, come on, somebody. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17 and verse 31 tells us, why God's opinion matters. He says that God has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. The reason God's opinion matters is because one day everybody's gonna die and one day everybody's gonna go before God. And I'm telling you, when you can get that straight and in focus, you will realize, I don't care what the gossips in the church believe about me. I don't care what the world believes about me. I don't even care what the judge on earth believes about me. The judge might think I'm an eternal loser that deserves to be in jail the rest of my life. I care about what God cares. Hallelujah. If I'm sitting in a jail cell or on a pew, I'm going to remember that God's opinion is first and foremost. Uh, And the first chance I get, I'm going to run to that altar and I'm going to confess my sins to God and I'm going to tell God what I've done and I'm going to get it straight with him and I'm going to get it ironed out with him and I'm going to ask him to forgive me and I'm going to ask... Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. God's opinion matters. I said God's opinion matters. I said God's opinion matters. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on. For about five more seconds, let's give God a hand praise. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. I'm telling you, if you'll receive it, you're fixing to walk out of here forgiving. If you'll receive it, you'll walk out of here jumping a little higher. If you'll receive it, you'll walk out, There is coming a day when all of us will be judged by God. This judgment is not only permanent, it is eternal and irreversible. Whatever he decrees on that day will be final. And rest assured that his judgment will be fair, it will be just, it will be clear, it will be balanced, and it will be done in love, even if he sends you to hell. And I'm not trying to, I hope I don't sound vulgar or anything up here, but I do want you to know we still believe people go to hell around here. And that's why we take church so serious. This ain't just patty cake for Jesus. We ain't just playing church. We didn't just invite you to church so you could warm up a chair, honey. I'm telling you, we're worried about your soul. That's why we preach as hard as we do. We sing as hard as we do. We dance as hard as we do. Because God's opinion matters. And we want God to show up in this house. And. And you're looking at a church right now that don't want nobody in this state, in this country, in this world to go to hell. We will do our best to get everybody into heaven with us. Hallelujah, but you gotta remember, God's opinion matters. I'm not just here as a visitor, I'm here on divine appointment by Jesus Christ himself. I know Tiffany and John might have invited me, but God brought me here, hallelujah, and God is talking to me, and I'm gonna respond to his presence. Oh, come on, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Somebody say amen. If God's opinion of us, amen, God's opinion of us should rank highest and without equal. If we've done wrong, let's get it right with God. Now, I'm going to go on here in a second because there might be folks you need to get it right with in here and outside of here. But whatever you do, get it right with God first. I said, whatever you do, get it right with God first. Confess your sins. Get it under the blood. Hey. I got news for you. There's some people that don't want to hear your apology. There's some people that don't want to shake your hand and hug your neck and let bygones be bygones. But the Bible says that if a man or a woman's ways please the Lord, he shall make them to be at peace even with his enemies. When you get it right with God, you can get it right with just about anybody else. David said he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know how God did that with David? Because David got it right with God. First, oh, come on! Oh, come on! Hallelujah! You get it right with God, you'll get it right with everybody else. Yes, you will! Yes, you will! Yes, you will! Yeah, it might take 10 years, but God will make it happen. Come on, oh, come on, somebody, <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Now, I know everybody's been shouting, but it might get quiet here now. The second opinion that should matter to us is our spouses. Yeah, thank you, five of you, <laughs> And I understand that half the church is single, so. <laughs> this is for the married folk and for the I-want-to-be-married folk. Uh, This is even for the, I wish I never got married folk. (laughs) Your spouse's opinion of you should matter. If you are married, your spouse's opinion should rank very high on your list of opinions that matter. If our spouses feel wronged, we should care. Thank you. (laughs) You know, and I've, I've done this, so I'm guilty. My wife's probably listening and, you know. You know, sometimes you get in an argument with your spouse and, you know, your spouse will tell you, you know, well, that hurt. And and you retort with, well, you're too sensitive. (laughs) Well, isn't that so convenient that we can hurt and determine whether somebody should feel hurt or not? Whether you meant to or not, if somebody feels wronged or hurt by what you've done, just apologize. I'm still preaching good and in English. (laughs) You are not the arbiter. You are not the judge of whether or not somebody should feel hurt. Your skin might be thicker than theirs. Maybe that look did hurt their feelings. And I know there are some people that are hypersensitive. And that, and you know, and they got to work that out. But you know what? There is no person on planet Earth. I, I think everybody's important. I think every friendship I have is important. I think strangers are important. I definitely think my wife is important. And even if my wife is a little hypersensitive, or if I'm hypersensitive, I hope that my wife can work with me. I hope that I'll work with her. It's come on, what's more important, that little argument or your marriage? What's more important? What's more important, that little situation or your children or your family? Come on, I'm telling you, your spouse, your kids, your home life, it should rank really high and there should not be any little issue going on that, that has you ready to split the house over. Come on, somebody. You, your spouse's opinion matters. God's opinion Hallelujah. And if you are the one being wronged, hurt, and offended, you should not hold a grudge. You know, there ain't nothing worse than telling somebody I'm sorry, and they and they retort with, well, you don't really mean that. It's getting quieter and quieter and quieter. These are for all my shout out to all the grudge holders. <laughs> James 5 and 9 says, grudge not one against another lest you be condemned. That's really good preaching. When you hold a grudge and you tell somebody they're not really sorry when they say they're sorry. When you hold a grudge and you look for every reason to keep your spouse out I'm telling you the person you are condemning is not your spouse. they have done what they can they, they may need to do a little bit more and actually showing forth their, their 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 remorse but I'm telling you right now you, you should you should jump at every single opportunity amen to to fix things hallelujah and to get things under the blood and to get things to get the water under the bridge because if you don't guess what you will be condemned guess what you're going to be the one walking around with your head low. Guess what? You're gonna be the. He's still preaching good right about now. I'm telling you, when you when you refuse to forgive, it affects you the worst. Hallelujah! You're the one that's not gonna be jumping so high. You're gonna be the one. Hallelujah! That's gonna feel hindered and weighed down. I'm telling you, life is too short. Amen. You you somebody's here today, gone tomorrow. Hallelujah! You, we ought to jump at every opportunity we get to make relationships right. We ought to jump at every. Ain't no no perfect marriages on planet earth. Hallelujah. Your husband might have did it and maybe even did it on purpose, but he can apologize on purpose. You can receive it on purpose. You can... Come on. I'm going to give you about five seconds to shake the grudge off. Shake the grudge off. Shake that grudge off. Come on. Shake that... There's people in here fighting with their spouses. You even forgot what you're fighting about. Shake that grudge off. Shake that. Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah. Lastly, the third person or group of people that opinions that their opinion should matter to us is our children's opinion. Now, before I go any further, let me clarify this. When I say that your children's opinion should matter, I am not saying, you know, because some of us have kids that don't like church. And you ask them, you know, where where were you on Sunday? Well, you know, Jenny didn't want to (laughs) come. Let me tell you something. Jenny don't have an option. (laughs) Jenny ain't earned all that. (laughs) Jenny need to come to church. Uh, and we, we don't let this is not part of this is totally free right here you, you know we elevate childhood too much these days you, you, you hear about all these dumb books the wisdom of children it's getting quiet children are not wise your kids should not run your house, your home, your marriage children. The Bible says that foolishness is bound. That word bound means tied up. When you are young, you are dumb. You are not wise. Nobody really needs to be listening to you. Hallelujah. You need to be listening to your, let me tell you something. Kids don't need you to be their best friend. An adult that refuses to be a parent is not anybody's best anything. It is in your best interest and in the best interest of your, and I know you didn't come to get chewed out this morning, but I just thought I might help you a little bit. It is not in the best interest of your children or in your best interest to be their best friend. It is in your best interest. Hallelujah. Amen. To be the adult in the house. Hallelujah. Kids, your kids got plenty of friends. They need a mother. They need a father. They they don't need somebody they can smoke a joint with or drink a beer with. They don't need somebody they can go to the club with. They don't need somebody that their boyfriend thinks they cute too. They need somebody that can act like a mama. They need somebody that can act like a dad. Come on. Your son don't need somebody that'll cop the same outfit as you do. You're come on. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. You know. You, you know. There's all kinds of myths out there that as you get older, you get less creative. You're less intelligent. You're less romantic. You're less exciting. You're less create. You're, you're less everything as you get older. That is a lie from the devil. As you get older, your capacity is increased, not decreased. You may not run as fast, but hopefully, you're thinking a lot quicker. Hallelujah. You may. Let me let me just tell you something. The Bible does not see childhood as the ideal. We, this, this is, you know, even, even therapists, they throw out, a, it's a pseudo term. Some, some use it very, very seriously, but, you know, they even talk about Peter Pan syndrome. You, you remember Peter Pan, right? He lived in Never Neverland and he hung out with the lost boys. Peter Pan never wanted to grow up. And, and nowadays you got all kinds of people with Peter Pan syndrome. Go ahead and get quiet. We're still preaching. Hallelujah. You got all kinds of people Peter Pan syndrome. They want to live in Never Neverland. Never pay the bills on time. Never show up on time. <laughs> oh, come on. We're we talking about Never Neverland. Hallelujah. We ain't trying to live in Never Neverland. We're trying to go to Ever Everland. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you ain't gonna get to Ever Everland. Being 50, acting like a 12-year-old, hallelujah. You We got to grow up. We got to grow up. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. I got rid of the Xbox. I got rid of the boy toys. I got rid of all that junk, and I grew up, and I became a man for my son's sake, for my wife's sake, for my kid's sake, to make my mama proud, to make my daddy proud, to make my grandparents proud, to make God proud, to be part of my community. I grew up. We need more. men. We need more women, not more children. Come on. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. I'm trying to help you right now. I'm trying to... But our children's opinions should matter to us. We should care what our children think. Unless they're crazy. And, and, and this is why. This is why. Because children imitate behaviors. Children imitate, they, they imitate adult behaviors. But, but the fact that children imitate behaviors is really not the question. The question is, which behaviors do they imitate? Because you know kids are really good at picking and choosing. You know, your kid is a lot quicker to imitate you, you slamming doors than they are you waking up every day at 6 a.m. to go to work. <laughs> kids are smart. <laughs> not wise, but I should say they're crafty. You know, children, now there's a reason children actually imitate behaviors, believe it or not. It's so that they can connect with a world that's bigger than theirs. When, when children imitate behavior, what they're actually doing is they're showing that they acknowledge or they, they feel a sense of solidarity with the adult. That's why, you know, dad could, dad could flex his arm and show off his muscles, and then you got little Johnny, and he ain't even got hardly an arm, and he just... But what John, you know, Johnny's not saying I'm as buffed as dad. What Johnny is saying is me and dad, we're we're on, we're on the same team. This is team Johnson right here. (laughs) You know, you'll be vacuuming and your daughter come up behind you. She got her little plastic vacuum and she's copying you. What she's doing is she's showing solidarity. She's saying that she recognizes that she is part of your team. She is part of your family. But there is some behaviors we have to pass down to them. There are some behaviors we want them to imitate. And and I I can't get into all of them. I'm not going to get into all of them. Because tonight we're focusing in on forgiveness. We should show our children how to forgive. It's one of the best behaviors we could ever teach them. Even the act of forgiving ourselves. And, and, And you know, let me just say this very quickly. It's important for your kids to see you forgive yourself and get up and move on and hallelujah. It shows children that the world is not perfect, but that there's a perfect response to its many discrepancies. It shows children that mom really is strong. It shows children that dad really does have courage. It shows children that mom and dad really do trust in God. And it shows them hope and it shows them love. Amen. When you forgive yourself or you forgive your spouse or you forgive others, amen, your children are able to look at life in a much healthier way. They're able to say, you know what? Life's not perfect. All kinds of bad stuff happens. Amen. Day in and day out. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's possible to get up with the help of God. It's possible to get up with the grace of God. That's the kind of stuff we want our children to imitate. I want, I want my children to imitate laying out on their face and praying on the rug. I want my children to imitate. I don't need to send my kid to the other room. Hallelujah. Amen. When they hear me tell somebody, I forgive you. Hallelujah. I don't need a, I, I'm okay with my kid hearing me pray and cry before the Lord. Hallelujah. And beg for mercy and ask for love and ask for strength and ask for cur- yeah. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul was a huge proponent of imitating forgiveness. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he says, Follow me as I follow Christ. Now, we all know that word follow there means imitate. But in, in very simple terms, the Apostle Paul is saying, Imitate me as I imitate the God who forgives. Because that is who Christ is, the God that forgives. If all we do was, If all we do is focus on the opinions of God, our spouse, and our children, we would have little if no trouble figuring out where everybody else's opinion ranks on the important scale. Something we have to grasp about Christianity is that while other religions value forgiveness, Christianity requires it, not recommends it, not advises it, it requires it. If you do not forgive, you are not a christian i don 't care what sanctuary you sit in i don 't care if you walk around with a big old bible i don 't care if you, your grandma, and everybody else calls themselves prayer warriors. If you do not forgive, you are not a christian i don 't know what you are, but you 're not a come on, come on it is a requirement it Luke 6 and 37 says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Mark eleven twenty six 26 says, but if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Christianity does not see forgiveness as optional. It is necessary. Proverbs eleven seventeen 17 says, the merciful man does good to his own soul. When you forgive, you're doing yourself some good. When you are quick to reach out across the aisle, when you are quick to receive a hand and an olive branch, you do your own soul some good. When you mess up and you run to the altar, you do your own soul some good. Let's all stand. I feel like doing some good here this morning. Hallelujah. I feel like doing some good to my own soul. I feel like trusting God this morning. I feel, she hasn't, I, I, haven't, I haven't talked to her, but I do, I, I say this, please. I feel like forgiving my spouse this morning. I feel like being forgiven this morning. I feel like confessing my sins to God this morning. God loves mercy. God would rather deal with it now than later. The Bible says that some men's sins go before them. Other men's sins go after them. Today, this Sunday morning, is a very, very special moment. Because today, we have the opportunity to let our sins go before us. We can shoot them up to heaven right now. And get them all taken care of. I don't want to be the guy that shows up before the throne thinking I'm going to run right through the gates only to have God tell me there's some stuff coming right behind you that you never took care of. This is the hardest part of the service right now because even, even as I speak there are people contemplating doing nothing about what I'm saying. This is the hardest part for me as a preacher cuz there are people that are thinking, "Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's nice what he said, but I'm going to stay right here in my chair." That's nice what he said, but he don't know my husband. He don't know my wife. He don't know my situation. I'm staying right here. And not to scare you, not to make you feel guilty or condemned but I do want you to know that God's in heaven right now taking notes of this service. You don't even need to come up to the front, lay out and grovel or whatever, but I'll tell you what, I would not leave this sanctuary today without at least doing myself some good and raising my hands and closing my eyes and saying, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins everything I've done that I know about and everything I've done that I don't know about Jesus make me to be at peace with those around me and more importantly God help me to be at peace with you today oh I want every hand lifted up right now hallelujah Somebody let out your voice right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. I'm telling you, I'd not be ashamed to come up to the altar holding my wife's hand right now. I'd not have any reservations. If I was getting in trouble in school right now, I'd run to this altar. If I was a young person that's, al- that's already got a probation officer, I'd be getting myself to the altar right now. If there's nothing but fussing and fighting in your home, you With ought to get up here right now.
1: Nothing,
0: Hallelujah.
1: Withholding nothing. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. I surrender.
0: Open your mouth and confess nothing And God'll start moving on you right now. (laughs) I know some people might feel like I'm cutting it short, but I'm telling you, it doesn't take long to ask for forgiveness. And it doesn't take long to be forgiven. In just a few seconds, God is going to begin to fill people with the Holy Ghost. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I want you to slip your hands into the air right now. Hallelujah. If you've never spoken in tongues... As the Spirit of God gives you the utterance, I want you to lift your hands. If you've not spoken in tongues in more than a month, I want you to throw your hands in the air right now. Hallelujah. Come on. The Holy Ghost is going to be poured out. You're going to renew it. You're going to receive it. Hallelujah. Come on. We're going to pray very quickly. I want you to put your hands in the air. Amen. Hallelujah. I want everybody to help me pray. I want every hand lifted up now. I want everybody across this house to say, Jesus, say, Jesus, say, Jesus, forgive us of all our sins and all the wrong that we've ever done, that we've ever seen, that we've ever said. Jesus, fill us, renew us with your Spirit speaking in tongues in Jesus name on the count of three I want you to put your hands up high and begin to say hallelujah as you begin to say hallelujah you're going to feel the Holy Ghost take over your mouth and you're going to speak in tongues one, two, three don't stop here it comes if you see somebody praying for the Holy Ghost lay your hands on their head
1: In the name of Jesus. Receive
0: the Holy Ghost. There it is. We got a young man. Give the Holy
1: Ghost right now. Let your tongue go. It's fallen.
0: It's fallen. We still got people getting the holy ghost hallelujah in the name of jesus receive the holy ghost
1: he are